The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon to those of you who are on the East Coast and good morning to all of you who are on the West Coast or Mountain Time and Central Time. This is Terry Nettles. I am going to be your facilitator for I Love Braille for the next month because Valine Shaw is on vacation in India. Um, first of all, uh, East Bay Center for the, this is um, this is a sponsor of sponsored by East Bay Center for the Blind and the um, it's and it is also on ACB community you'll be able to access it through that okay we have a speaker today a well-known gentleman his name is Paul Edwards and Paul Edwards is the past president of the Braille Revival League, which is an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Paul's going to talk to us about um, the role uh, that Braille Revival League uh, plays in Braille with the promotion of Braille and I'm sure a lot of other things that they do. So, Paul, we will now turn it all over to you. Um, before we switch to Paul, yes. sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, I see this recording series, uh, paused for some reason, so I'm just going to resume it. Recording in progress. Okay, now to oh. Yeah, we all need to hit our got it button. <laughs> okay, can you hear me, um, Abraham? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, All right. So what about Paul? Are you ready to take it over? I am. Okay. So thank you very much, Terry. And my name is Paul Edwards. And um, I've been around in the American Council of the Blind. I attended my first convention in uh, 1984. And in fact, was the second president of the Braille Revival League. And I guess I became president of that organization in like 18, 1985. Did I say 1884 before? I hope not. Anyway, um, the, the Braille Revival League is an extremely valuable and important organization uh, in the American Council of the Blind, in my opinion. And the reason is that one of the primary ways that we as people who are blind uh, are able to communicate is utilizing the medium we use for reading and writing, which is Braille. And that medium that we use for reading and writing, perhaps ever since the formation of the Braille Revival League in 1982, has been under threat. That's because that by 1982, talking computers had come along. Once talking computers came along, teachers believed they no longer needed to teach kids how to read Braille. Once talking computers came along, many adults who lost their vision felt like they could get along just fine without bothering to learn Braille. And perhaps most importantly, 
because Braille is fairly bulky, especially when it's produced in, in hard copy form, many people found it more and more difficult to store Braille and therefore stopped reading it from the National Library Service for the Blind. So the Braille Revival League is an organization which has worked right from the beginning to stand up against these threats that Braille has operating against it, and also to encourage the wider use of Braille. That has involved uh, interacting with agencies that work with adults to try to encourage them to teach more Braille than they do, and to allocate more time to the teaching of Braille. It involves working with online sources like Hadley to make sure that the approach that they're taking to Braille is appropriate and effective. And it involves working with the National Library Service to make sure that what they're doing with Braille is appropriate and effective. So the Braille Revival League uh, is an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. It costs $10 per year to become a member. We also have life memberships, which are available, which anybody who's interested, we could certainly talk about. The Braille Revival League uh, also holds calls every two months. So a little uncertain when those calls are going to be because we, we may end up having to change the date and time. But at the moment, uh, well, we probably won't with those. So they're on the third Wednesday of the month of uh, the uh, even-numbered months. <clears throat> and so coming up will will be, in fact, a Braille buzz call on, on the third Wednesday, which is the 17th. And that Braille Buzz Call will feature uh, a history uh, of the organization that makes uh, the Orbit Reader, and that's the Orbit Research Company. And what's really exciting uh, about getting a chance to talk with them, not only is, is knowing what they have done in the past, which is pretty exciting, but also um, discussing and learning about some of the things that they plan in the future. Um, I visited their booth at the American Council of the Blind uh, convention in Omaha, and one of the things I was actually able to put my hands on was a prototype of a new device that is very similar to, or in terms of function, to the Braille and Speak. It will have built-in speech and will be a note taker, uh, won't have a Braille display, but um, it's certainly small enough to carry around in your pocket if you wish. And it is actually a note taker, uses a Braille keyboard. And at least at the time, one doesn't know by the time it actually comes to market, but at the time, the price that uh, Orbit Research was talking about was under $500 by $1, so $499. Who knows whether this will remain the same, but tune into the Braille Buzz and find out. Um, we also publish a newsletter, um, which has won uh, an award from the American Council of the Blind for being an effective periodical. We are doing two and will possibly end up doing three issues of the Braille Memorandum a year. And we have all of these issues of the memorandum, and the last one was very long, it was 117 Braille pages. But the Braille Memorandum is also available um, after a little while on our website. Uh, 
And our website is braillerevivalleague.org. And that Braille is spelled out. So B-R-A-I-L-L-E-R-E-V-I-V-A-L-L-E-A-G-U-E.org. Uh, one of the reasons uh, why I got involved with the Braille Revival League is because of how important Braille was in my life. Um, I talked with uh, Elizabeth Allworth earlier today, and she wanted me to be sure to talk about how important Braille was in terms of my ability to be successful. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time in blind schools. I went to the California School for the Blind for a couple of years, spent a little bit of time at the Jericho Hill School for the Blind. But by the time I was in grade three, Braille was, was very much a part of who I am. And it was sort of an aha moment that I was suddenly able to read Braille pretty well and pretty effectively. Um, the point that I want to make is without Braille, I, I certainly would not have been able to succeed. I did my all of my university degrees in the Caribbean, uh, initially at a, a branch of the University of London, which was the University of the West Indies in Mona, Jamaica. And they knew nothing about ser providing services to folks who were blind or visually impaired. So essentially, the, the notes that I took had to be taken in, in Braille or taping classes or using my memory. Then I, I ended up doing two other degrees, one in international relations in Trinidad and another in education after I taught high school for 10 years. But again, I couldn't have taught high school without Braille. Once I moved back to the United States, I went to work for the Division of Blind Services. I don't think I would have gotten that job had I not been pretty proficient in Braille. My first job was as a rehab teacher, and so I actually went out and taught Braille uh, for a fair length of time. Then I became a, a rehab counselor where Braille was absolutely essential. Then I ran an agency for the blind for a couple of years here in Jacksonville, where I now live again. And then for the last, oh, from 1986 until uh, 2013, I worked as uh, the person in charge of services to students with disabilities on the North Campus of the largest community college in the country. And again, Braille was absolutely essential. I could not have done my job or been president of ACP or done many of the other things that I've enjoyed doing in my life without Braille. And so naturally for me, BRL and the Braille Revival League have been extremely important because I believe that doing anything we can to promote Braille literacy and to promote the use of Braille um, is, is only making things better. So, Terry, I don't know how long you wanted me to talk, but this may be enough and perhaps I can respond to some questions. Gosh, it's only 11 minutes after the hour, Paul. If, do you have any more things that oh, you'd like to I add? Oh, of course I do. I can, I um, can talk lots more. It's not yeah, a problem. Maybe, you know, <laughs> if you can talk maybe until about 25 after, maybe. Um, Very good. Okay. Very good. That would All be right. great. Thank you. So let me talk a little bit about some of the things that BRL is working on now. 
one of the things that we that we did about a year ago was to create a, a large number of committees, each of which is working on a range of specific things. One of the things we have begun to do is to hold some telephone conversations with agencies that are involved at the national level with Braille. So we have so far held two of those uh, meetings. Uh, the first of uh, those meetings was with the National Braille Press and Brian McDonald. And he, by the way, will be uh, our guest for the Braille Buzz in October. So I would encourage people to um, to attend the Braille Buzz in October to hear uh, Brian McDonald. One of the things that he's done and I suspect this may interest the I Love Braille crew, is they have just recently developed what they are calling an adult Braille literacy kit. And we will be hearing all about that in October. And presumably, uh, others who are involved with the I Love Braille call and perhaps Elizabeth as well, um, might find this adult literacy kit intriguing um, to hear more about. So Brian will be talking about that. But the purpose of our call with all of these agencies is to try to develop and implement um, cooperation between the Braille Revival League and these other organizations. The second organization that we have talked with was Hadley. And while our initial talk with Hadley uh, was friendly, I think that uh, I think that it was clear to them um, that we have concerns about some of the directions that Hadley's Braille instruction is going in. Uh, we were concerned that some of the advanced Braille instruction that used to be available at Hadley is no longer there. And we're also concerned about the way that some of the elements of Braille um, have gone to a kind of a, a system that isn't dissimilar to the Isle of Braille approach or to some of the work that Elizabeth is doing, but isn't the kind of one-on-one -on -one Braille instruction for which Hadley was more famous in the past. Um, so our, our, our continued interaction with Hadley, we hope, um, will lead to um, the creation of some better systems. We, we also think that some of the ways that they are beginning to teach Braille um, aims more at people who have quite a lot of remaining vision and doesn't focus as much on folks uh, who are totally blind. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we are we are planning to talk with uh, three or four other organizations. We want to talk to the, the Braille Institute in California because we would like to see Braille more involved in the Braille Challenge. Um, and we want to talk with them about how we can make that happen. Uh, we also want to talk about the vision to the Vision Serve Alliance because we're we're really intrigued to try to get involved with the entity where most of the agencies um, who serve blind adults operate. What we hope to do there is to try to encourage them to place more attention on the teaching of Braille. 
Obviously, we interact a great deal with uh, the National Library Service for the Blind, and we are overjoyed about the emergence of um, the the electronic Braille system that NLS is operating with. And I, I don't think it's any secret to this group that NLS is gradually going to be making available what are called e-readers. These are essentially electronic Braille displays that will enable people who are blind um, to um, utilize these devices to read books that they can download uh, from BARD uh, or that they can um, download with their computer from other sources like Bookshare and then place on these e-readers. The e-reader also has access to Newsline from the National Federation of the Blind, which is a collection of newspapers and um, and uh, magazines that NFB makes available through their Newsline project um, in virtually all states. So um, these are exciting devices, especially since they will eventually be free to all who can benefit from using them. Currently, 37 states out of the 50 have in fact um, been receiving some services, but a lot of the states that are so far still not fully included are some of the large states like New York and Florida. I think that it's really important to recognize that even though it, these e-readers are exciting, one of our concerns is that there are an awful lot of people who need to get better at using Braille if they're going to be really effective at taking advantage of the ability to have books of their own. The device um, that there, there are two devices that NLS is using, and depending on what state you're in, will also determine which of the two devices you're receiving. Uh, one of them is made by Humanware and is essentially the same as the BI. 20 in terms of the way the hardware looks. Um, the main difference between the e-reader and the BI20 that, that is being sold by Humanware is that the e-reader cannot and will not take any notes. It doesn't have an editor that's built into it. Um, it is an e-reader, not an e-writer. Um, I understand why the National Library Services has done this, because clearly um, they didn't want to be accused of, of essentially destroying note-taker business. And, and, and also, they were primarily concerned with developing a reader rather than a device that could be used as a, a writer. Um, I think one of the other things that the National Library Service has recently done, which is exciting for all of the folks who are involved in I Love Braille, and I guess we could talk about it for a second, is the development of the Braille on Demand uh, program. This will allow uh, anyone who is registered as a Braille reader with uh, the National Library Service to request one Braille book a month. Uh, which can be especially brailled for them, will be sent to them, and they will be able, be able to keep that book 
forever. It will be, it won't be a hard covered book. It will be a soft covered book. But what that means is that, um, we can actually, if we want, begin to develop our own Braille library. The only caveat is that the book has to be available on BARD. So you'd have to look on BARD, find the book that you want. It could be a cookbook, could be a, um, could be a, a nonfiction book, it could be a book of poetry, it could be a spiritual book, it could be the Bible. Anything that you want. Uh, as long as it's available on BARD, um, can be ordered from the, the Braille on-demand process, which, which you can find on the uh, NLS site. Um, and th that uh, NLS site is uh, nls.loc.gov. And um, so you should you should be able to find information about Braille on demand. And if you put it in as a search term, search term, I'm pretty sure it will come up. So um, that is some of um, the interesting stuff. Our treasurer for the Braille Revival League is Jane Corona, who is often on these calls. And um, <clears throat> uh, if Jane would like she is. And I was going to yeah. ask you to, if it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a member, of, as you know, of Braille Revival League. And yep. so could you let people know how to become a member? Um, Jane, do you, you want to do that? And, and how to get the Braille memorandum and how to get on the list for yep. Braille Buzz. So is that mm -hmm. all in Jane's court, right, Jane? It can be. I we, guess we, so. We often share programs, Jane and I. Yes. Miss Corona, you're on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, as Paul said, membership in the Braille Revival League is $10 a year, or you can do a life membership for $200. Um, we always love to have people join us. Um, there are several ways. You, well, first of all, okay, then we have six state affiliates. So if you're in one of those states, you're welcome to join through that affiliate, and I can put you in contact with, with the president or the treasurer of whatever affiliate you want. We have state affiliates in New York, uh, Florida, Texas, California, Illinois. Oh no, Pennsylvania. So, but- and, yeah. and, and we sort of have an affiliate in Missouri. Um, well, uh, I, yeah. Yep. But well, yeah. The, the good news is that, that they have invited, uh, invited BRL to speak oh, at their convention in October. That's good. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. And we're almost going to maybe have one in North Carolina too. So, mm -hmm. uh, and so, but if you'd yep, like stay to tuned join, for that. if you'd like to join as a member at large or, or, or whatever, you're welcome to, to contact me to do that. I'll give my contact information. Well, part of it anyway, um, at the end, um, because um, let's see. Um, you can either pay with a credit card. You can call me with credit card information. You can um, send a PayPal payment. You could send a check if you'd like to. Um, so, um, Jane, if somebody does PayPal, then what do they put in the, uh, you know, for the payment field? Um, well, I don't know how PayPal actually, but the easiest way, the easiest way is to go on our website, BrailleRevivalLeague.org, and um, 
and and you can uh, fill out the membership application, and um, it will take you to PayPal so that you can pay your membership that way. That will be easier. So if somebody doesn't have a computer, then how do they contact call you? Me with a, call me with a credit card. Um, um, you well, can also um, use an email through our website, which is treasurer at braillerevivalleague.org. Right. But, but some people somebody, don't have computers. And okay. So, if they don't, yeah. Can I get my phone number, Terry? Yeah, I, I think you can because this like is not an ACB event. I mean, you know, this is right. really by. Okay. Yeah. So you can do that. <clears throat> Good. Um, Good. Sorry. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure no, that you, don't you think can. So? I'm not sure okay. that you can. However, what you can do is email community for my details. Chain, uh, I think you may have it. Um, and send it to me. Then I'll include it in um, the next update. How's that? I don't quite understand what you want me to do. Um, email community at acb.org for my details. And then email me the details on how to join. And then I'll include that in the, the next update. Name or anything. So I don't know. That's uh, Ibrahim. Ibrahim Vasta. I think I may have your details. I'll check after the session. Or also, too, can um, can uh, can they also say community at acb.org and then ask um, so that. Um, asked to be put in touch with the Braille Revival League. But yeah, oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But it would have okay. been so much easier if I could just give out because it's 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 the phone number that we use for the Braille Revival League. Okay, then that should be fine. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's three zero one five nine eight two one. Uh oh, it broke up. Do that again, Jane. You're you're, you're oh, breaking up. up. Do it again, Miss <clears throat> Jane. Miss Jane, do the phone number again. Five nine eight two one three. All right. So that's Pardon? three zero one five nine eight two one three one. Three zero one yeah. five nine eight two one three one. And I'll be happy to take uh, all the information with um, over the phone with a credit card. And um, and then everybody who is in our database gets notified of our board meetings, our membership, uh, well, not the membership meetings, but, but uh, all of our um, Braille buzzes. Um, I and disseminate a information right? like that pretty widely. So, And then what about well, the memorandum? Um, uh, now. And it, it goes... Keep breaking up. Um, the, the Braille memorandum is available in, in Braille or large or email large print or email okay yeah so we do have a raised hand yeah now we can open it up to questions paul if you're finished i thought yeah i i can be done okay and then if we have more time then you can add so now we'll take questions and abraham will call on you thank you abraham thank you okay Paul. we have melody Um, I just sent Melody a uh, request to unmute. Miss Melody. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing my voiceover. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> yeah, okay. we got gotcha. you. Um, hi, as far as the Braille on demand, if you put in two months, they have an option for, I took advantage. Um, if you want two books, one a month for the next two months after you get 
one, you can do that and then have books coming so you don't have to think about it. But once a quarter, and I just ordered a cookbook that is three thick, thick volumes that happens to be di- uh, diet microwave cookery. So that's interesting. I don't have room for it, the tiny space they live, but I have taken advantage of it. Um, I was wondering, Jane, if you could please talk about the BRL magnets and also if there has been any headway start as far as starting a BRL affiliate in Ohio and I would be willing to help push for it. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, I can talk about the Braille magnets. Um, we have a new, this, this of the membership committee meeting um, the, the, that we formed um, where we wanted to promote new people joining Braille Revival League and what could we do as a gift. So for the people who joined as new members uh, for 2022, we got these refrigerator magnets. They, they have our phone number on them and um, they say Braille gives feeling to words. Um, so they, now we're, we've made them available to anyone who wants them. They're $5 a piece and they have a lot more in print. They've got the website and, and I forget what's in print, but they look really nice. They're $5 a piece. Um, as far as uh, I can talk about the nuts and bolts of starting. You know, we haven't, we haven't talked about games with Ralph. We should no, do we that. Haven't. Well, he well, was here last week, actually. He, he was our, um, our speaker. And, but yes, you can still mention it again because maybe not everybody on yeah. this call was there. We have five game books. Uh, each one has nine puzzles in it. And the fifth one just came out. Uh, if you buy the whole bundle, it's $30. Um, the first four are $5 a piece. And the, um, and the, the, the new one, the fifth one, is $10. And whenever I get my printer back, um, poor thing, um, so then I'll be able to break some more out. So um, they are ready for sale. So there again, you can, you can do with a credit card. You can send PayPal. You can write me a check what it were right over the braille revival league a check it's not my money um but <clears throat> um melody's question about starting an affiliate you need 10 members um and you would send us um your constitution your list of authors, your list of members um but the, the as far as the big picture as to the benefits of being an affiliate and, and what you can do to to promote being an affiliate, I'll turn that that over to Paul because he's the big picture. I'm the detail person, so <laughs> I'll turn that. Part. Yeah, so we think that it's really important to have state affiliates for the Braille Revival League because Braille, like so many other things, is very much a local issue. You know, if you can get out into schools um, and and let kids know how important Braille is, if you can um, if you can interact with uh, with local agencies that are teaching Braille and encourage them to do more, if you can work with school systems to try to become volunteer tutors working with kids who are blind, to try to show them how important Braille has been in your life, if you can do all of those things, then you're working in a very significant and serious way uh, to promote Braille in your community. So locally and at the state level, it's really important. It's many state laws that, that what are what used to be called Braille bills that actually attempt to guarantee the teaching of Braille to kids in schools. We don't think that they've been entirely effective, uh, 
So one of the things that people need to do at the state level is to constantly be in touch with the Department of Education to talk about um, the degree to which Braille is being made available to everybody in the school system who can benefit from it. Obviously, as well, your agency for, for the blind in your state can, can play a tremendous part in determining how many of the folks who are looking for employment actually know how to use Braille. We are absolutely convinced in the Braille Revival League that without Braille, the, the capacity for employment for people who are blind is significantly limited. We know that the figure that's being used at the moment is 70% unemployment for people who are blind. I don't know if that statistic is absolutely accurate or not. What I do know is that at least one study that was done 20 years ago demonstrated that 70% of the folks who know Braille were actually employed. So that's a pretty significant difference in terms of the, the effect that Braille and the knowledge of Braille has on employment. And that's also some of the reasons why state affiliates are so important in promoting Braille. Do we have any more hands, um, Abraham? We have Angela. Hey, Angela. Hi, how are y'all today? Well, good. Good. First, I want to thank you very much for all the information. Um, I have, I'm a new baby learner, so I'm just starting out learning and I agree a hundred percent about what you said about Hadley and I wish there was a different way that they would go about it. However, I'm fortunate that I'm learning it. Um, I have probably a silly question. Um, I live here in Texas, so would I pay my dues to you plus pay my dues to Texas? How no, Texas, Texas actually has, um, has a dues structure that includes money that they will send to us. So you would join directly with your Texas affiliate. Um, I, th I think, un un unless I'm mistaken at the moment, the, the, the president of Texas is a lady named Karen Itell. Um, um, is the president and their treasurer is Marjorie Beeman. Okay. Okay, so you, you, if you get hold of either of them, they can help you to join. And my understanding is that they will have a program at the upcoming Texas convention, which is happening pretty soon, I think. Yes, it is. Fantastic. Thank you for all of your information. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. We have Rhonda up next. Okay. Rhonda, you said? Yes. Yes, Rhonda. Hi. Um I'm wondering if you have the ability to do international work. One of our members just made six presentations to the school districts. He works in Brazil um, with the presenting the importance of teaching Braille in grade schools. And now he's got to, you know, follow up on that. And this sounds like this would be very supportive of the work that he's doing in Brazil, but I know there's like all that international stuff that gets in the way. <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't think it would get in the way. Zoom is, is available internationally. So, um, you know, he would cert if were he to join our organization, well, in fact, let me put it another way. Anybody can join our BRL 
list, which will which will then have information on our braille buzzes and our board meetings and other stuff. If you go to the American Council of the Blind website and then go to email lists, there's a, a kind of a heading for those. You can find the Braille Revival League and you can subscribe to the Braille Revival League list. And so can he. That will tell him what's going on. And, and Zoom is international. So he should be able, as long as his telephone system will allow it, um, to join our Braille buzz calls and, and to become involved with us on on other things that we that that we will end up doing as well. So no, we would be glad to to work with international folks. We have some people from Australia and from other countries, particularly Canada, who are already members of our BRL list and who are big contributors to that list. So no, we would welcome international involvement. Yeah, and this gentleman, oh, he usually attends a lot of times. And person that just now joined, she we have people from India and Brazil. Um, and South Africa. South Africa. <laughs> yeah, South Africa. That's where our, our okay. wonderful host is from. And um, where else, um, Ibrahim? Um, uh, where is Adriana from? Um, oh, I, Macedonia. Macedonia, Macedonia, that's it. Yes. So, yep. yeah. And so, Louis, the gentleman is Luis, and he usually a lot of times is on this call. So, I think he, he can benefit. come when it's a holiday in Brazil because he works full time. Yeah. And, but the Braille Revival Leave stuff is at night for us. So, yeah, so like it would 8, be at night. It would be at night for him, too, but it might be a little later. Yeah. It's only two hours later. Yeah, so oh, he'd yeah. be That's able to join bad, that. Yeah. yeah, he would be yeah. able to. We're at, we're at 8.30 at night Eastern, our Braille Buzz calls, on the third Wednesday of even-numbered months. So. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we have well, any more okay. questions, Ibrahim? We have a person on the telephone, area 346, ending in 242. Um, hi, this is Juan. Um, hi, Juan. I've been, hi, um, I'm very informative um, information. I've been on this call before. Um, the reason from um, I wanted to ask, so I just signed up for the national level of the ACB for my first time doing this. And I was wondering, is the, I'm, I'm really interested in the Braille stuff, but is the Braille Revival League, um, when you pay, because I signed up for two years. So is that, uh, included with the with the membership or is that separate it's a it's an affiliate so uh, and and that means it's it's like a state affiliate this time it's called a special interest affiliate and so the membership in the braille revival league is separate from your membership in acb oh okay okay yeah and it's ten dollars that's ten dollars that's correct for the year mm-hmm Okay. Okay. Yeah, because like I'm in I'm in Houston, Texas. So um, they did mention to me when I was signing up that I could sign up for the state, and which would like, lead me to everything else like that. But I was just curious. Thank you. You're welcome, one. We have Meryl Shikta next. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jane. Hey, uh, Abraham. Everybody. Um, I wanted to say that. Um, the person from Brazil can join as a member at large. They can join ACB as a, you know, because I'm the vice chair of the International Relations Committee and people have joined as a member at large. But also, 
Jane, they could, if they wanted to, um, join uh, BRL as a member at large, correct? Sure. Okay, Paul. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> thank you very much, and a uh, great call. Yeah, I don't think... Um, I, I would have to double-check. I, I don't remember the ACB Constitution and bylaws well enough, but I think that there may be some geographical limitations in terms of who can join ACB oh, unless okay. they've been changed. Okay. Um, I don't think there are in BRL. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's it, it's, uh, I, I'm sure if you send a, a note to community, they can tell you whether there are any geographical limits for ACB, anybody internationally who's interested in joining. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Meryl. We have no more raised hands at this time. No more raised, no more hands. raised hands. Um. Okay, Paul, did you want to add anything else? Did anything else come to mind or Jane? Um, I, I think that one of the things that um, we are also working on um, um, is, go ahead, Abraham. Linda you want to say has raised her hand. Okay, go ahead. As well. Linda. Hello, okay. this is Jill. I'm Hi. Um, what was the um, Braille buzz? I'm sorry, I came in a few minutes late if I missed that. But the, the Braille buzz is a Zoom meeting that happens on the third Wednesday of even numbered months at 8.30 Eastern time. Um, we try to um, find a, a topic um, that will in, enhance our understanding of what's going on with Braille. So in... Uh, coming up this month, we're going to have uh, the gentleman who who started Orbit Research talk about the history of of their their company, so all the things they've been involved in producing, what they're currently working on, and what they expect to be releasing soon. And uh, so uh, that's going to be exciting. In October, we're going to have the uh, folks from the National Braille Press um, talking about uh, some of the things that they are doing in terms of Braille and some of the products that they're making available, including, as I said before, an adult Braille literacy kit, which they have uh, begun to produce. And in December, um, we hope to, to have folks talking about Braille graphics um, uh, from uh, the folks who make printers out in Oregon, a guy called Dan Gardner will, will hopefully be involved in our Braille buzz call in December. Oh, so okay. you got a lot of great plan. stuff lined up. We think so. Yeah, it sounds great. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Linda? Hi, I finally got myself unmuted. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, Linda. Paul, hi, Paul. You said something that um, I want to tell you that my experience with the NLS reader has been to give uh, skyrocket power to my Braille reading. I am still learning contracted Braille. I'm a quarter of the way through the, the, the Hadley course on contracted UEB. Mm -hmm. um, the old version of it, by the way, I went out Good. of my way to make sure I got the old version. And I totally agree with you on your concerns about the direction Hadley's going in. But since I got the e-reader and started using it, I am just, I, I am currently reading two 
separate books. One is in, in the old Braille, the pre-2015 Braille, and one mm -hmm. is in UEB Contracted, and I'm, I'm loving it. I am learning so much more now. So don't worry about those e-readers. <laughs> they're not going well, to slow I think people down. <laughs> yep, I think that's really exciting. Linda, what state do you live in? I live in New Hampshire, and I have the, the uh, expletive-deleted Zoomax, and I uh -huh. really wish I had the humanware. Oh, do I ever... I don't know. Uh, I, you know, there there are some people who really prefer the ZoomX because there are there are some people who don't love the the thumb keys at the front, and and the, I don't think the ZoomX has those. At least not yes. that you can use the same way. The, the ZoomX has this little round thing in the front that is the worst thing to have to deal with. No, I the ZoomX is very very quirky and has needs wasn't ready quite ready for prime time, but I guess that's what beta users are all about. Right, and 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 I think that you'll you'll find that within the next month or so, there's going to be a a new update to the ZoomX that may solve a bunch of those problems. I hope so. I hope so. But anyway, Excellent. thanks Thank thanks you. for your program. Thanks for, very much for your information. It's been good. Oh, you're welcome. We have Melody up next. I am so sorry to speak again. Um, I. Oh, I have fine. the humanware. <laughs> I have, there's time for me. I have the humanware e-reader e and love it with my four dexterity conditions. I I definitely agree. My my co-pilot in arms is in the same um, has the same opinion about Zoomax, and I also find that it connects much better with the phone or any Bluetooth. You know, with, uh, than my Orbit Reader 20 Plus. I've had so many tech issues with that. Um, I um, anyway. My question was that I'd forgotten to ask. Has BRL currently or in the past partnered with National Braille Press to promote the use of Braille, especially hard copy? Thank you. Um, we, are, we are really working on three or four different partnership components with the National Braille Press that haven't entirely been worked out yet. One of the things that we hope to do is to give them an opportunity to share with members of the Braille Revival League some of the things that they're doing. So we tend to put information that 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 they provide about new products and, and new books that they've published um, on our BRL list. <clears throat> and the second thing that we're working with them on is to to uh, give them an opportunity through BrailleBuzz to talk about some of the things that they're doing. Um, one of the little known things that the National Braille Press is involved in is they took over a project um, that a Braille transcribing group in New England had done in the past, um, which is a whole series of uh, maps of the world that that they have developed and make available they aren't cheap unfortunately <clears throat> but they are well worth having they they are they 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 are wonderful um they are wonderful examples of how tactile graphics can work effectively to help blind people understand some of the things that are going on. Um, a third thing that we're doing with uh, the National Braille Press is trying to um, work with them uh, to develop some approaches um, that will enable them to spread the word about BRL through some of their publications and through some of the other components that they're involved with because we don't think 
that the Braille Revival League is nearly as widely known as it deserves to be. We think we're doing some pretty appropriate and effective stuff, but we don't think that many of the people who need to know about us in this country and perhaps even beyond um, know that we exist. Um, uh, it is our hope, by the way, that you know, at our February Braille Buzz Call, we're going to have uh, our equivalent in the United Kingdom on with us to talk about some of the really cool things that they are doing in the UK um, to promote and teach uh, the use of Braille. So we're going to have them on to talk about what they're doing. Anyone else, Mr. Ibrahim? We have Jody next. Yep, Jody. Yes, hello, Paul. Thank you so much. Hi. Uh, hi. I was one of the lucky people who uh, was able to take the old Hadley Braille course for UEB and mm -hmm. uh, very, very proudly display my certificate on the wall in my living room. Um, because after and I was a low vision kid when I was growing up and I missed out on Braille as a child, but at 65 years old, I finally decided that, uh, that I'd take the plunge and I've, I absolutely love you. Braille mm -hmm. and, and I, well, I, there's no way I could do print at all if I wanted to now, but so, but I had Braille to, to rescue me because now I'm still literate. So I love Braille, and, uh, I was very glad to have taken the Hadley course, but I am also very concerned the direction Hadley's taken. I was a 30-year supporter, and now to tell you the truth, I won't have anything to do with them. You know, they went from 10 Braille instructors to four. Their program has just been so watered down. And I'm glad to hear that you're involved with uh, trying to get them to change, although I get the impression that they don't want to listen to anybody. But my question is, is the National Braille Press course going to be another alternative to learning Braille and and are there other options? I know the, the uh, Braillist Foundation is, is one, but are there other choices? Um, I, don't, I don't think that the National Braille Press would regard itself as a Braille teaching entity. Um, we've been talking to a lot of folks um, about uh, the fact that we believe um, there is a real need for somebody to develop uh, a, a, a either an online or a an electronic mode of teaching Braille. Um, we have um, begun to explore uh, programs that are available for the iPhone and that are available in the Android system to try to establish whether any of those uh, might be effective teaching tools. We haven't found one that we've fallen in love with yet. But we're hoping that we will find something or that we can persuade um, one of these entities to, de to develop some Braille teaching systems. The American Printing House for the Blind actually does have some. Um, and and some, of them, uh, some of them appear to be pretty good, but they're, they're also pretty expensive. Um, if, there were, if there were more Braille teaching materials actually available on BARD, then folks could use Braille on demand to actually order um, hard copy Braille versions. There are two grade three Braille books that are available from BARD. And anybody who's involved in the grade three course that's going on um, tonight at nine can use Braille on demand to get those grade three Braille books free if, if they want to do that. Um, so, but the, but I think 
We need to somehow find a way to get more materials out there. What the National Braille Press has done is they have developed a, a, a literacy kit that they that they make available, um, but. I don't think it includes a complete training component. I think it's 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 more um, to share the importance of Braille literacy and to provide uh, some starting points rather than a full-scale in instruction system. Whether, whether they can be persuaded to actually do some instruction, um, I don't know. Um, everybody on the Braille bus in October will have to talk to Brian and tell him how important it is. So we'll see what well, happens. Especially, especially now with the e-readers. I mean, it's, it's a perfect opportunity, Bard, to have a, exactly. uh, a course available yeah. for people. There is yeah, beginning, I mean, Braille I, for, yeah, there's beginning Braille for adults by Ramona Walhoff, but I don't think that's available anymore. But that was also an, another good book. It assumed that you right. already knew print and, and, and introduced you to Braille right. that way. So. Right. I, I just think we should have more choices. Yeah, I I, I think we should too. <clears throat> and and I'm not sure what the what the way ahead is. Um, but I think that that one of the things that PRL will be doing is is working with uh, Mr. Belin Shaw and working with Elizabeth to see if among the three of us who are were kind of active in this area, we can't come up with some other approaches that would that would be made available to members of of ACB and BRL. That'd be great. Thank you. How many more hands do we have raised, um, Abraham? Um, are there any? We have two and. Okay. Just a time check. We have about eight minutes to the hour. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. The next okay. person is Jill. Hello, it's Jill. Um, hey, I just Jill. wanted to make a comment that um, it's important to keep in mind that people learn um, very differently. Like when children are learning to read print, there's like phonics-based programs and some that are sight words and whole words and a lot of different curriculums. And so um, that's just something to keep in mind when people are saying um, about Hadley moving in the wrong direction because... Right. Um, I think that uh, may, the previous program may not have worked. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a method, uh, reasoning behind why they they are making that shift. And um, I think that some it will work for some people, and just everyone's going to learn and do it differently. So it's important to be all beyond the same page as Braille's important, no matter how you're planning on uh, learning and not giving, because some people, if they're in a program that isn't working for them and they feel like they hit a barrier, they may, like there may have been people in the Hadley program where they made it to a certain point and then just given up. And yep. if a program's too rigid. So I uh, just wanted to keep that in mind that people learn differently and the importance is that they're learning Braille. Jill, I think, I think you make a good point. Um, the direction that Hadley has gone in um, 
is it, it, I think is partly dictated by numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Only ten percent of the rail pop of the blind population are totally blind, or at least that was a statistic we grew up with. Whether mm-hmm. it's still accurate, I don't I don't know. But let's assume that it is. That means that ninety percent of the people who are out there interested in or potentially interested in learning Braille have some usable vision, and so it, you know that alone would be some justification for designing a system that focuses more on the needs of people who have some usable vision and mm-hmm. but but who still may benefit from learning braille and i think the other factor um, is that they believe and and i don't know if they're right or not because there are loads of people in 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 our system who would argue the contrary, but they believe that they actually will will help more people by using not a, a long course approach, but a tutorial by tutorial approach where learning modules are smaller and where the learning approach is much more voluntary and much less directly supervised and more self-paced and self-organized and oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe we'll find out two years from now that that Hadley was completely correct. But there are a lot of us who feel that the encouragement and assistance that one-on-one teacher student relationship that Hadley used to have um, Mm -hmm. um, actually encouraged people more. So we'll have to see who's right. But, but I think you're right to at least raise the issue and thank you. Yeah, and I just feel like it's it's really the school system should be providing the Braille literacy. They should be pro- making children literate, whether it be Braille or absolutely. That's yeah, right. we so agree with that. You know, it it can't be it can't be dependent upon a nonprofit to make blind children and people literate. Well, so, I think we have to depend on both. Yeah. Um, because I think nonprofits have the same responsibility. Um, and, and I don't think it's okay for them to say that um, other people should do it and they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Right. We all, we all have to play a part. I think so. Thank you, Jill. Mm-hmm. We have one final question. question. Yeah. Well, this is Jody with a quick comment. It had, they didn't just uh, water down their Braille program. They watered down everything, which is what I was reacting to. Yeah, I think that's, I, I, they've certainly changed it fundamentally. They would say they haven't watered it down. They'd say they've made it more responsive to the folks who are out there now. Um, th- there are a lot of us who feel they're wrong, but we'll have to see. Abraham, who's yeah, the last hand? We have two hands left. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, okay, we have Linda, and then um, we have Paul, a telephone call. Paul, thank okay. you for, for mentioning that there are three grade three books on BARD, but you didn't mention the names of them. Could you tell me what they are? Um, I don't know if I remember. Then there are only two. Yeah. Um, oh, but right. if, if you, if you go to, um, if, if you go to, to um, the, the BARD uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Braille section and simply put in, well, actually there's a heading that says Braille, uh, Braille in the, in the list of, of yeah. uh, subjects. And mm-hmm. if you click on that, you'll see both of them. <laughs> Plus a lot of other books. Okay. No, no, no. They're, no, they're, you just type in Braille. There are only those two. 
Braille through, you know, grade three Braille. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. They're, they're, print? they're only those two. Uh, not- you know, whether whether we think BARD should have a lot more Braille instruction books is another whole question. Um, oh. Because they, they are do. in Braille. Yeah. They, oh, they are in Braille. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Thank you. Yep. And the last question. Um, so the last question is from 252, ending in 738. Hi, this is Mary Hopp from Louisiana. Um, hi, Mary. Hi, Paul. Hi, hi, everybody. Um, I just wanted to make a comment, and I've enjoyed this presentation very much. Um, I, find, I go to the Braille room calls as often as I can, and I have found um, that the McDuffie Reader is a very good teaching tool. Thank you, Mary. Um, we'll add that to our list, and we're going to have to say thanks so much and let Ibrahim um, run down because we're almost to the hour. Thank you so much, everybody. Not yet. I have to make some closing remarks first. Go ahead. <laughs> first of all, I wanted to um, thank Paul for his fabulous um, presentation. Paul, it was very informative, and thank you so much. And Jane, thank mm-hmm. you for your input on um on the uh, logistics of, of joining. Um, I'd like to thank our wonderful host, Abraham, and our wonderful um, streamer, Mr. Herbie. Herbie. And I wanted to say that next week is um, I Have a Question for and, and I Love Braille. So to submit your questions, could you please send an email to community at acb.org and ask them for Terry Nettles email address for I love Braille um, since I'm the presenter for the next month and in when you do send me your question please put in the subject line I love Braille that way I know that that's um, regarding this and again I wanted to thank everybody thank you for coming and thank you to East Bay Center as well as ACB for their support and thank you again for the streamer and we'll see you all next week at the same time. Bye-bye.